Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Let me introduce my two guests this morning, Mitch Schwartz, president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce. Mitch is the owner of Millennium Software, which was founded in 1981. Millennium Software provides top-notch technology, uh, technology consulting and services, great customer support, and value that can't be beat. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Michael Ventre, president of the Garden City Chamber of Commerce. Michael is the managing principal at Windsor Commercial Real Estate, which he founded in 2006. They're dedicated to serving the New York Metro and Long Island commercial real estate market and work closely with landlords and tenants to ensure their needs and expectations are met. Thank you for having me. Mitch and Michael, welcome to Chamber Chatter. Thanks. I'd like to start, like I always do, with having each one of you tell us a little bit about the communities that you represent um, as the Chamber of Commerce president. Michael, how are things going for the very powerful Chamber of Commerce in Garden City? The Chamber has been very uh, busy right now. Uh, you know, we have a very tight village there, and we work together with residents as well as commercial owners, uh, landlords. You know, Garden City is a big office market in the uh, in Nassau County, and uh, the chamber has been very busy right now, getting ready for their uh, Sunday Easter parade car show. Uh, which attracts over 400 cars on a good weather Sunday. Uh, so that's the next event that's coming up. And then we push into, uh, you know, summer, which which really uh, is our strong point as far as our promenades that run from the Belmont Festival uh, Friday night right through September. Uh, they close the streets, a lot of uh, sponsorships from different companies, and, uh, you know, keeping busy, waiting for the weather to really get nice. On a cold, chilly day today. Mitch, you've been president for almost eight years now. Yes. What's going on in Port Washington? Uh, we, we have our annual events that the chamber runs. Uh, we, we do a Super Bowl, which is the day before the actual Super Bowl, where all of the restaurants in town donate soup. Uh, people in town come out to judge uh, the best soup. And for a year, the, restaurant, the winning restaurants uh, proudly hang a plaque. And, uh, you know, it, it's on a cold February uh, day, it's a, it's a wonderful place to go. Our next event will be Harborfest. It'll be our 29th year. Started out as a group of about 15 people on a tall ship getting together to try and figure out how to save the bay. Uh, about 30 years ago, if you might remember, the, uh, a lot of pollution. Uh, people back then weren't very cognizant of what went into the water. Uh, so this group got together, had a cocktail party, and it's grown to uh, an event with about 12,000 people. Uh, we, set, we The town dock is in Port Washington. We set up vendor booths. We have an environmental section to, to keep uh, harken back to the original purpose. And we uh, provide any environmental organization with a free booth. There's also a craft fair out on the street running up to the town dock. Uh, that'll be Sunday, June 2nd, and all are welcome. It's great. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Michael, 
There are over 4,000 businesses registered to the Garden City zip code. By far the largest number of any town on Long Island. My question for you is, uh, that's a daunting number. Um, how do you go about reaching those businesses? Because many of them are businesses that just registered to the zip code. Maybe they have a P.O. box. They work from home. As a chamber president, how do you include those businesses, or can you? That's a big number. It's a big number, and it does involve not only professionals, as well as retailers, as well as residents, when you come to the, to the basis that uh, the chamber pulls from. Um, we try to keep stay in front of everybody uh, with doing, as I just mentioned before, the events that we have coming up. Um, this promenade that we do during the summer has been a, a tremendous success that the street is closed um, for every Friday through the summer. Uh, there's merchants put out their wares, restaurants serve outside. Uh, we have bands playing. We have themes for every single one of those Friday nights. One in particular is Christmas in July. We blow snow onto the street. It's really set up for the kids the younger families that are pushing their strollers down the street uh, during the early evening hours. And then it's filled with a bunch of, from senior citizens to just, uh, you know, younger adults or, or middle-aged adults who come to listen to the music. Again, that's themed as well. Uh, we do networking events for the professional groups in Garden City to try to bring them together. And we are constantly... Uh, advertising in the local papers to keep everybody abreast of what we are accomplishing and how we're moving it forward. How many members do you have? Right now, it's just shy of 400. It's probably just number. in the 370, 380 range, I believe it is. And they stick around because uh, they do feel that uh, it's, it's part of the um, introduction to the village as well. We keep the chamber... Uh, merchants and professionals aware of everything that the village is doing, whether it's, you know, fire department issues or parking issues, things that would affect them in, in, the, in the long run. Uh, Mitch, um, we discussed that you'd been chamber president for eight years. That's, relatively, that's a relatively long time to be a member. What is it that keeps you motivated and interested um, in continuing on as president? Because I I don't see any end in sight unless you're hit ready to hear to announce something otherwise. Uh, unlike some of the chambers who have very contested elections, some of the, ch the chambers quite close to us, we don't. Uh, it's, it's a very amicable group. Frankly, if anybody wanted to take the job, I'd be happy to uh, move aside, do something else. Uh, still affiliated with the chamber. But uh, what keeps me motivated is giving back to the community. For the first 25 years I was there, I did a lot of commuting into the city and, you know, just didn't have time to, uh, and had kids at home, so didn't have time to devote to the town. My wife was much more active back then locally. Uh, but when I stopped commuting into the city, I built my business uh, more on Long Island. Uh, I took that as an opportunity to give back and help. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to put on an event, meet all the new people coming into town, uh, younger, younger people, and kind of perpetuate uh, the, the, uh, the idea of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I th we're close to 
probably 85 years old, started uh, very early in the last century. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to hear the stories of, of, you know, the people who are on the street names who started the thing, that kind, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it's nice to hear the stories of, of how they gave back and what, what their vision was. And it continues. How many members are in, in your chamber? Uh, a little over 300. It's a good number. It is. My experience is that the typical chamber will draw anywhere from 10 to 20% of the business community. Uh, there's a, it's a battle to educate businesses as far as what a chamber is. And uh, in my experience, they either say businesses, they, nobody's approached them. Um, they've heard of a chamber. Uh, well, let me back up. They don't know what a chamber is. They've heard of a chamber, but nobody's approached them. And that's a difficult thing because if you work for a living, how do you get out on the street and how do you pound the pavement? Um, one of the things I hear a lot is, um, businesses who dropped out of the chamber. They were members. Somebody said something at a meeting that offended them, whether it be a board member or another. I hear this all the time. And they dropped out. Uh, and sometimes, uh, talking to people, they, they think the Chamber of Commerce is a bank. And I still get that. And I think that goes back to the days of uh, Commerce Bank. But um, 300 is, is a very good number. So you must have a pretty uh, strong Chamber of Commerce there. We do. We, ha we meet uh, for breakfast once a month. And we, do, we get 60, 70 uh, people, which I, I, I frankly haven't been to many other Chamber meetings. So I'm told that that's pretty good. Um, to get back to your kind of your one of your questions, we we do a booklet called Triport First, where we list all of the businesses in Port Washington, members and non-members, with members highlighted, so so they you know as as an advantage, and we send that to, we send that out to every mailing address in Port Washington once every two years, so that at least brings the chamber to the notice of both families and and businesses, new businesses. And we try and provide for the for the fee, the chamber fee, some financial benefits. Uh, there's not a lot we can do, but you know, like museum, free museum passes, discounted things like that. Um, one of the more obscure things we do, which nobody else ever does, is I think we sign off on international shipments, uh, certifying that the business is real. Uh, that's a function of a Chamber of Commerce I had no idea about until I was asked to do one when our executive director was uh, was out. I'm actually familiar with that, and as far as I know, there are only three chambers in Nassau County that do it, and you are one of them. That okay. is correct. Okay. So, so yeah, I forget what the term is, uh, but I had a business approach, some validation or yeah. something like that. But anyway, um, Michael, you're going to begin your third year as president in June. Yes. Uh, what is your uh, commitment to the chamber? You know, I'd like to con continue to think of the word community. Uh, you know, when young kids, when I grew up um, back in the day, I grew up in Queens, it was always a community. It was the candy store. It was the deli. It was, you know, the person you knew. And it became something that you could take forward with you. And I talked to a lot of people that do come from communities back in the day. And again, that's where they're from. And I'm hoping to keep uh, Garden City and the village in that same community-minded, uh, you know, that's what, that's what I think the chamber does, pulling together the groups that we do have. 
Um, you know, we're very big in sports. I mean, during our Pineapple Ball, we're honoring one, the, the ex-mayor. We're honoring a, a resident, a business person, Sal Ferrara. Uh, he's an architect. And we're, and we're uh, honoring a, a, a baseball. Uh, he was in charge of baseball throughout the community. So, again, community is where I think we have to continue to go. And that's what we push to keep, uh, keep in front of people's faces. And what is your uh, term commitment as far as you've, you're going into your third year? It, How long have you signed on for? It's usually the three years is what it is. There's a first vice president that'll take over after me. Um, we do have an executive uh, board. We do have an executive director at the chamber that kind of keeps everything together. Uh, the, the staff has been you know, excellent. It makes my job as president a lot easier. Um, so it moves on, and that next uh, first vice president will do a you know, fine job himself as well. I was on your website, and uh, the list of officers and board members is, uh, is, is staggering. You have a lot of people involved, but then again, you have a big chamber and a big town with a lot of events going on, which we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, Mitch, getting back to the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce, how has uh, the chamber changed for you in your eight years as president? Where do you see some of the bigger changes? I, I guess... A lot of what we do now has to deal with um, vacancies, uh, storefront vacancies, which are you know, all over the island are, are growing, um, fighting the pr propensity to buy online, uh, things like that. Uh, our, our, I'm also with the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce, and one of our uh, main focuses now is trying to help the governor and the New York State leadership pass the Internet Fairness uh, Act, uh, which will uh, cause more online vendors to collect sales tax when they ship to New York. It's frankly not fair if a local store, brick-and-mortar store, has to pay rent and also has to collect sales tax. Far too many times people are walking in the store trying something on, checking something out, then going on their phone and ordering it while they're in the store. So we're, we're trying to, I don't know if we can solve that, but we're trying to even the playing field. Uh, one of the things we've done to accommodate or to try and accommodate that, we've just switched to a new web platform, uh, Chamber Master, which I'm sure many of your chambers are doing. That will allow us to do a local a phone app that local businesses can advertise on. Most local businesses would be very happy to sell online if they had a platform to do so that didn't cost them an arm and a leg. And we're hoping to provide that. So if someone, if my, my daughter doesn't do anything but shop on her phone. Right. Um, and if we provide her a way to do that, as well as shop local, uh, she'd be happy to. Uh, but, you know, with two kids in car seats it, it's and tough parking, She's just not going to do it. And so we have to accommodate the next generation, and that's, that's our big focus. It's now. true. It's actually, and it's a little daunting because we're raising a generation of children who do nothing but shop on their phone. And um, how we tackle that moving forward is going to be really the chamber's greatest challenge. 
before we take a break, I want to touch on social media because that was one of the things, Mitch, I thought you might mention in your, what's changed in the eight years because it has. And I don't doubt that, Michael, you as well, um, each of you have a board member or possibly uh, who is well-versed in social media that has taken on that role of handling Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and things like that. Is that an area you guys are well into by now? I like everything. That's all. That's all I'm told to do is when they put something on Facebook or wherever it may be, just like it, and it gets around to your the rest of your uh, you know, your, your friends and whatever it may be. Uh, but yes, technology. The younger generation is coming up with different ways to market. Um, we know that retail has changed tremendously over the years. Uh, more service-oriented businesses. Uh, we were once the Fifth Avenue of Long Island, then we were the Wall Street of Long Island, and now we're mostly restaurants. I mean, more more restaurants are popping up, uh, you know, up and down Franklin Avenue uh, than there's ever been. Uh, and I think a lot has to do with the changing of the retail. Uh, they're bringing more residential apartments into the areas, and those younger generation like to get on their phone, find out where the closest, you know, restaurant, whatever it may be, get all the reviews, uh, you know, reserve right on the phone and, uh, and, and move on. Okay. Thank you. When we return, you're going to learn how both of these chambers synergize with their local communities. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. My guest today, Mitch Schwartz, president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce, and Michael Ventre, president of the Garden City Chamber of Commerce. So, a question for both of you, and each of you will have a varying definition, but how do you, Mitch, define the role of a Chamber of Commerce? We're, we're a link between the businesses in the community and local government, other organizations uh, in town. We, we do a lot of common, common uh, events with uh, civic organizations. Uh, charitable organizations, things like that. And uh, it gives the businesses a, a central place to come for information and uh, to help support us. Michael? The Chamber, and Com the, the Chamber of Commerce in Garden City is unique in the fact that, again, we do have a large professional group that's part of it, uh, as well as the retailers. And we do have residents, certain residents that are also part of it. And like uh, Mitch said, it is a way of bringing everybody together, uh, a central location that you can go on to the website and get whether it be upcoming uh, village information or what's happening in a next event that may be uh, on the calendar for the chamber. Um, we stay involved in all aspects of the village, some you know, aspects that are not necessarily Chamber of Commerce business, but uh, we like to keep our groups, professionals, residents, retailers, all informed. I think it's being informed 
on a truly transparent, uh, you know, field. Um, how you, you both both of your communities are villages, um, Mitch? How closely? Port Washington uh, has some villages in it, but overall, it's not. Can you define that sure. for me? What? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're you're correct. Port Washington is not, but I believe you have a few villages. Right. So Port Washington is uh, probably about fifty percent unincorporated. So we're we're governed by North Hempstead. There are villages of Manor Haven, uh, Port North. Baxter Estates, Sands Point, and uh, I'm not sure whether Plandome is counted as part of Port Washington. It's just south of us. Uh, so each of those villages has their own government, uh, and as, as I said, uh, about half of it is unincorporated, so straight with the town. W one of There's really not much difference to us. Uh, we get along well with all the villages. Uh, they're all members of the chamber. Uh, we don't really act as a liaison to them because they deal more with their own local businesses on their own. Are any of those villages members of the Port Washington Chamber? They all are, yes. They all are, so you do have representation yeah. from time to time. Sure. Uh, I want to tell you the last uh, Chamber Chatter show we had, we had a representative president of the uh, Manhasset Chamber of Commerce, and just for the record, they're claiming Plandome is theirs. <laughs> I'll give it to I'm not going to argue. <laughs> So, yeah, but it is one of those gray areas because honestly, I never knew what, what the Plandome yeah. was part of Port Washington or Manhasset, but they are claiming it. But um, anyway, and Michael, what about you? How closely you work with the uh, village of Garden City? We are at all the trustee meetings. Uh, we have a great relationship with the board of trustees right now and the mayor. Um, again, to keep informed of what affects a village, uh, you know, retail and and professionals, parking. Uh, is is a key uh, all over Long Island, and you're always looking for more parking and how we can uh, arrange that. And when you're looking at things of that nature, you do have to involve the village and the village politicians as part of it. So we keep a good relationship with them, and um, it works. Good to hear that because uh, some of the chambers that I have dealt with and have been on this show have a little more of a, an adversarial relationship with the village for whatever reason. Um, but I would agree with both of you that it probably w works better for the chamber and for the village when you're kind of working hand in hand. Well, er every, everyone's going to have their own point of view. Th the only real adversarial adversarial relationship we have is when it comes to permitting. You know, the bu our businesses always want to get, you know, they, they start paying rent, they'd like to get in and start selling things. Yeah. Uh, some, sometimes it takes uh, a bit too long from a business point of view to get the permits uh, and there's never anyone to blame because there's, you know, there's a reason for that. The businesses doesn't see that they need to do this. That the town says they do. The county fire marshal, you know, doesn't have time to get there. So th that's the only time we really get uh, adversarial and try and try and represent our businesses, uh, try and advocate for our businesses a little more forcefully. And being an incorporated village, we do have a village department, which we can go to, which aids in that. You know, we do have uh, – I sold a building on Franklin Avenue to a couple of gentlemen. It was a rather large building. And they came back to me afterwards and just said they were treated so with respect. They, uh, You know, if you do the right thing – and they said, of course, we need to do the right thing. But we were treated res with respect in a timely fashion. And in the business of real estate, time is, time is definitely money. So it works out well being – a, a village, a, a small government, uh, you know, entity. The number one complaint 
um, I have gotten over the years talking to businesses on Long Island, particularly Nassau County, where I'm focused, is that the building department, whether it be the town of Oyster Bay, town of Hempstead, or town of North Hempstead, is not business friendly. And this is not necessarily an indictment on the building departments, but more feeding back what I hear. And you start to hear it enough that you start to believe it. And it becomes sort of this common thread from town to town. So if anybody in those building departments are listening, just a reminder to make things a little easier for the local businesses. Because they do feel like things are drawn out. They're being feed to death. Um, they're getting their hands slapped constantly. And it makes it very difficult and very challenging to run a business, whether you're in the town of Hempstead, Oyster Bay, or North Hempstead. I don't, I don't begrudge the building department doing what they're doing because they're doing it for a reason. Um, the, the biggest complaint or the biggest change I would like to see is more coordination. Uh, uh, you know, it sounds like you have a single government more or less, uh, but we, we have multiple ones. And, you know, if you schedule an inspection for one and then the other one, can't even, you can't even schedule it until that one's done. And then the Nassau County Fire Marshal has to come. And because of all the financial goings on in Nassau County, they've cut down that department. So, you know, business could be ready to open and have to wait a month to get an inspection by the fire inspector. That's crazy. I hear multiple months, many, many I months. Did, I, I didn't want to say something <laughs> and then be shouted down saying I exaggerated, so I picked no, a month. No, no, I've, I've heard it's, uh, it's, it is a little alarming. So I, and, I, and like I said, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it's the, the common denominator. I think I things are getting better the, at the county level now. That's good to hear. So. That's good to hear. Um, Michael touched on a couple of um, local uh, groups that you work closely with. You were talking about, uh, I think, the high school, right? As you, and there were a few others that you mentioned. What other groups do you work closely with besides the village? Well, are you, are you, t- you tied in with Kiwanis? Uh, y- yes. A lot of our board is also on Kiwanis or the Lions Club. Uh, we do work very closely with uh, the, the high school in town. Our homecoming parade is you know, around our, our fall festival is around the homecoming parade. Uh, we stay in, you know, we, we're, we have a constant communication amongst those groups to coordinate events and uh, that they go smoothly. And what about you, Mitch? I'm actually a Kiwanian. Oh, you are? I am. It's a great, uh, group of, great group of people. And yeah, yes. And uh, there's, there's some coordination of events, but uh, probably. Probably 50% of the Kiwanians in, in the Manhasset Port Washington Club are chamber members. Wow. And uh, we, we cross uh, fertilize, cross advertise uh, the events. In, in fact, uh, the next Kiwanis event, the uh, semi annual pancake breakfast at Schreiber High School in Port Washington, is coming up uh, any day. Great. We'll look forward to that. Um, Michael. Took a look at the uh, Garden City Chamber website uh, in preparation of this interview. You've got an ambitious agenda. You touched on the Great Pineapple Ball. The Great is, Pineapple Ball. Which is, which is April 26th. Yes, at the Garden City Hotel. Yeah, tell us a little bit, like, wh- what is it, and how did it get its name? Uh, the Pineapple Ball, because it's the welcoming fruit. Uh, it's always been the, uh, the logo for Garden City. But the Pineapple Ball is an event, uh, it's always a black tie event honoring three uh, members, business people uh, uh, in, in, in the village. And it has always been a sit-down dinner. 
uh, with which involved a lot of speeches. And over the years, it got tiresome. It just did. And two years ago, we came up with the idea to make it a little bit more exciting. Uh, which which involves instead of a sit-down dinner, now it's more of a buffet station standing. We get some restaurants in town to come in and do the appetizers. Uh, and this year especially, uh, the theme is the Roaring Twenties. Uh, we have co-chairs. Sean and Barbara Martins, uh, local in town, they're going to put on a spectacular event. And the lighting, the bands, the dance floor, the lit dance floor, uh, we'll probably even have a speakeasy somewhere in the hotel uh, that'll add to the 20s theme. Um, keeping it exciting brings in more of a younger crowd, a younger generation, uh, and it makes for a much more uh, rewarding night uh, all this, all the uh, acceptance speeches will done will be done via video, uh, so it makes it just a, a a different type of event, not the good old black tie sit down dinner and listen to speeches all night long. Now, is that a fundraiser or is this just an opportunity to get a bunch of people together? It's an opportunity to get the, a bunch of people together, but the fundraiser is that it supports the chamber events, uh, the promenades, the luncheons, uh, the car parade. And it also involves the Garden City Chamber Foundation, uh, which is set up that aids uh, you know families in need. So part of it, yes, is charitable, uh, but part of it is just to help funding push the chamber forward to do the, uh, the work that it does. Is that your biggest event of the year? It is the biggest event of the year when you take a one-time event. Uh, and uh, it's for the last three years now, or this will be the third year, we're hoping for another uh, you know, fun-filled, spectacular night. And how many people do you get turn out for that? Uh, again, we could probably hold up to 400, but we're in the, in the mid-300s is probably where we always average out at. Mitch, that's a nice turnout for a chamber event. It is. <laughs> um, Harborfest, you touched on it a little bit before. Yes. Um, is that your big event for the year? It is. It is. Uh, where do you go after that? What else? Because that, that's uh, June 2nd. You still got another seven months of the year left. Uh, what other types of events do you have going on for the, um, for the residents? The, as I mentioned before, the biggest, our second biggest event is the Super Bowl. Uh, that's the day before the actual Super Bowl in February. You did mention that. We do a Port Holiday Magic uh, one day a year. Uh, late last couple of years, we've we've uh, coincided with Amex's Small Business Saturday. So we try to get the merchants to dress up the stores, uh, do some kind of uh, port holiday magic special. We uh, usually the the business improvement district in town uh, usually rents a trolley. You have a bid. We do in have port a bid. Washington. We do, and they're doing quite a few uh, great initiatives. We could talk about if you want. We, we work well together. In fact, we share it. We share an office. We had a fairly lengthy discussion last month on the program about bids. Okay. Uh, I was not aware that uh, Port Washington has a bid. So the Port Holiday Magic, uh, we, in the past we've done a town showmobile with entertainment, but found that too many people congregate by that and, and instead of walking the streets to go to the businesses. So this year we put Santa on the trolley, and uh, it, it attracted uh, families, of course, to go up and down. Uh, and all the businesses stay open and, and giving out cookies or caroling or something. And it's a fantastic day. You touched on something I've always wondered about, the American Express Small Business Saturday. And I've seen the stickers in the doors for a long time now. Is that an event that uh, makes a difference for the retailers? What's been your experience? Uh, start When they first started out, they were actually giving something away. They would, uh, I believe the first year... 
You're talking about American Express American was giving Express. things away. The first year, they would give 10% back on, on a small business Saturday purchase with a, an American Express card if the retailer had pre-registered. And they've reduced that commitment to nothing at this point, uh, except uh, extensive advertising in support of small business. So now it's just kind of a program to get people aware of shopping locally. And that's great. You're not going to turn it down. But uh, it that in and of itself probably doesn't do much, but with us piggybacking our event with it, it seems to bring out uh, bring out the crowds. All right. What's your experience with Small Business Saturday? Well, again, we promote shop local. Uh, do I think people are running out because the American Express, it's that Saturday? I'm not necessarily sure about that. Uh, we hopefully... The true retailers that do uh, still you know, reside uh, in Garden City are offering things to the customers that they can't get other places or that they don't want to travel to the malls necessarily, uh, that they do want to touch and feel what they're buying. So we promote the shop locally, and hopefully it's a touch and feel situation, not that they're touch and feeling and then using their phone to order it online. Uh, although you do drive around, see more and more boxes in front of people's doors, uh, but um, Again, the the Amex uh, Saturday, I don't necessarily – I don't think we want to let that be different than any other Saturday, that shop local is important. So the retailers are not necessarily seeing a spike anymore. No, I don't think so. But the the advertising is great. Just getting shop local in people's heads is what we need to do. Hey, listen, a big proponent of the shop local – is the Nassau Council of Chambers. Uh, We had Francesca Carlo on a number of months ago, the president of the council. Um, You're both actively involved, I guess, as presidents. Are you required to attend meetings? I'm actually the treasurer of the council. You're also the treasurer of the council. Are you required to attend meetings? Not required, but we do like to hear what our other neighboring chambers have to say. I mean, there's a big project going on right now at, uh, you know, uh, by the Coliseum and the Hub Project that uh, we just recently had a speaker. Our, one of our luncheons involved Scott Reckler, uh, who discussed what their plans on there. And listen, we know something's going to happen. We just hope it works for everybody, uh, the surrounding towns. Right, because you're very close to that, that area. That's that East Garden City Uniondale, I don't know what they call that area anymore. Mitchell Field. Mitchell Field, er, yeah. By, by the Coliseum, the hub is what it's being uh, you know, noted as. Right. Do you find it uh, beneficial to be part of the council, to attend the meetings? Yeah. Is, again, there, is, is there a lot to learn? Absolutely. Uh, once a year, we actually formalize that by having a president's roundtable where people bring in uh, any concerns, questions they've had over the year, uh, and hopefully get some advice from other presidents who've, who've navigated that successfully. I would I would think if you're putting on a street fair or you've got some idea and another chamber's done it, they can certainly provide uh, the contacts and maybe some uh, pitfalls to avoid and things like that. So this can only be a, a, a positive, right? No chamber is the same. It really is a diversification on Long Island, demographics and areas and so forth. Make it that no chamber is the same. So it's interesting to hear what other chambers are doing to uh, you know, promote their villages or their uh, their townships. That's great. And I just, Francesca, I just mentioned that for the first time, I guess, in the, la- in the last 12 months it's happened, but Suffolk County now has their own uh, council as well because yes. they didn't have one. So anyway, when we come back, success stories and plans for the future for Port Washington and Garden City. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org.
Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. I have two of them in front of me. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. My guests today, let me reintroduce them. Mitch Schwartz, president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce. Hello. And Michael Ventre, president of the Garden City Chamber of Commerce. So let's talk for a second about um, parking. This seems to be a chronic problem with every chamber president that sits in front of me. Michael, you represent a community, though, that the master developer actually took a lot of this into consideration, and you're one of the few towns that has what I consider to be ample parking. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong. But tell for the people who have never been to Garden City, because our listenership is all up on the North Shore, we go over to Connecticut, we go out east, people who have never been to Garden City, um, just tell them a little bit about the unique sort of parking arrangement that uh, whoever the master developer was did a great job. I think it's funny because when I first moved into the town and you drive down the main street, which is Franklin Avenue in Garden City, you would see no cars, no people anywhere. And I said, I don't understand how these businesses stay in business that nobody's walking through their front door. To realize that the parking was built behind all the buildings and there are there's enough parking, if you take the amount of spots, behind all of the retail stores and the professional office buildings that satisfy the needs. The problem that has always been, and being in commercial real estate here on Long Island, uh, it's never where it needs to be. Uh, people will get on the Long Island Railroad, go to Penn Station, walk 20 blocks to get to their office building. On Long Island, if the, if the parking space is not in front of the door or within 20 feet of the door to the entrance, they're not happy. So what happens is the lots get overfilled <laughs> in certain areas uh, and there's abundant parking in other areas that we as a chamber, parking is very big amongst our you know, retailers and restaurants especially, uh, nobody's going to sit. The, crowd, the restaurants are not crowded at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They're all crowded between 6 o'clock at night and 9 o'clock at night. So that's when the parking is at its thickest, if you want to call it. So we've looked into different ways of we're never going to go to metered parking. That's been one suggestion. Another suggestion is deck parking on one of the main lots. That could work, although everybody would be up in arms uh, during the construction period, which is, again, typical. But uh, it's always a problem that's, that's about, and it's always something on a daily, monthly annual basis, it's on the agenda of parking and how we can make it better. And uh, we're still looking for those answers. Now, the way to get people to park blocks away from where they're going is you have to pay them when they get there. Right. The reason you walk 20 blocks to your job is because there's a check for you. (laughs) It's a little different. Uh, Mitch, I have to tell you, um, I read Newsday. I love Newsday. Uh, I was a Newsday carrier as as a kid, so I can't let it go. But it seems to me that several times a year there's an article in Newsday about the parking situation in Port Washington. And it seems to be getting worse, not better. Unless you have some information you want to enlighten us about. It, it depends on your point of view, of course. Uh, there is horrible parking situation in Port Washington. Unlike Garden City, 
it wasn't so much a planned community as, as a, you know, starting in the 1600s, it just built up gradually, and there was very little uh, retail parking. The town has, over the years, bought some vacant lots, vacant uh, parcels, and made parking, and so they finally pretty much solved the commuter parking issue. Uh, they're, Did they're, they? You know, they're, you have to get there pretty early and, uh, you know, to get a spot. And there's, but there's not but that's not a solution. Well, Getting there early isn't a, I mean, a solution. It space, tells you space not is space. Park. If there's not enough space, what are you going to do? You can, you, can, you can try carpooling, and that doesn't seem to work right. very well. They've tried shuttle buses, and they're trying a new one now. Uh, and it, they, you kind of need to subsidize it because uh, it's just too expensive to run. So they did get a grant. And, you know, it, it, if you can reduce demand, it's far easier than, than coming up out of thin air with more spots. There have been proposals for a parking garage over the years. Uh, Port Washington is very much known for its environmental and uh, uh, advocates, and they've successfully fought against that. And to be frank, even the police and fire departments didn't want that because they find it hard to patrol and protect, uh, especially in the small streets we have. Yeah. So uh, one th one th the biggest issue the retailers have is street spots. Uh, they're, they're all metered. Uh, the town created a merchants-only parking area two years ago to try and get the cars of the people working in the stores off of the street. And it's been somewhat successful. Um, the biggest issue I have is, you know, if someone parks and then comes out and gets a ticket for being a minute past the meter, it's $95. And that's a big, big disincentive. It's a big number. You know, some, that's gonna, someone's going to look at that and say, I could have shopped online or I could have gone to a mall. And one of the reasons that is, is all the parking is adjudicated through Nassau County. So $60 of that ticket is Nassau County fees. So I'm, I've been advocating for years for local, local traffic court. Some of the villages have it, but not the town. The town says they don't have the money to start a court. Seems to me that it would pay for itself. But and Michael, you said no meters in Garden City? Well, again, when you look at certain avenues to uh, alleviate the parking congestions, you think about people come up with the different solutions, and one of the solutions was metering, um, which we don't believe is the right way to go. I mean, the parking lots, there's enough parking for everybody. It's just got to be situated properly that uh, the employees park properly and that certain restaurants may be valet at certain times of the evening. Uh, but uh, we don't believe that meters are the way to, to go about you know, solving the problem. We had the president of the Rockville Center Chamber on a few months ago. He was telling a story that they have metered parking. And the village decided that a couple of times a year they were going to make it meter-free day. And it ended, up, it ended up being a disaster for the town because, and the business weren't happy because you know who parked in those spots? Yes, I do. The employees. Please. I, that was wasn't what I was going to say. In, in, Did in you our, say the owners? No, the commuters. Oh no, no, they. Well, they. I think they have ample commuter parking in Rockville Center. But the issue was was that the employees and the owners were taking up all those spots. So after about I don't know three times around, they did a little study and research, and they found out that 
it wasn't working because all those spots were being taken up by. I don't see how the businesses can be annoyed if that's the case, if they're the ones taking them. Right, right. The owner's got to tell the employees. Yeah. You get Exactly. Anyway, all right, let's talk for a second. I want to talk about, uh, in particular in Garden City, about the mall. One of the great malls of America. I think there is a mall of America, right, in Minneapolis? Yes. But anyway, one of, one of the great malls in our country, uh, Roosevelt Field. Uh, what is your relationship, the Chamber's relationship with the mall? Are you mutually exclusive operations, or are you somehow partnered and joined at the hip? No, we're separated. You know, the mall doesn't even sit necessarily in the village of Garden City. It sits outside the village of Garden City. But hold on, I want to ask a question. You do, the Chamber represents the zip code, not just the village, correct? It's the zip code because it's considered, it's part of... The west side of Ring Road, if you understand the mall area over there, is part of the village. So it does, the zip code does fall into it. But on the east side where the mall sits itself is not necessarily in the village. Right. But what I'm asking you is the Chamber of Commerce represents all businesses in the, is it 11530? Yes. Zip code? Not just the village businesses, correct? Any, anybody could jo- No, anybody can join, and we do have certain merchants that do join from the mall. Right. So just to be clear, so w- whether the mall resides in the village or not really wouldn't preclude a business from being a member of the chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I understood that. that that's correct. Uh, listen, the mall, when it was originally, uh, I guess, built, was always the, the fear was that the shopper would now wouldn't shop local anymore, literally in the village, and everybody would run over to the mall. What we're starting to see is the turn of events there. I think people are, are, would rather, providing that they find what they want, shop local. Um, <clears throat> we still have, you know, department store, Lord & Taylor still sits in the village. Uh, a lot of uh, small retailers, clothing retailers, and we have found that in speaking to people, which we try to do as well on a, you know, as, as best we can, that they're, uh, they're tired of going to the mall and bucking the traffic and getting to a parking space that, again, is a, is a tremendous walk to where they want to go. Uh, and we're starting to see, I think, the turn of the tide. And we're, we're starting to also, in, in retail business itself, seeing the big boxes, Macy's, JCPenney, Bloomingdale's, feeling the effect of online uh, purchasing and what the future there is going to be. There's a lot of uh, lot of thought, but uh, you know what's going to happen with those big boxes someday. I do see a, a paradigm shift taking place. Um, shoppers moving away from the malls and back into the villages, into the downtowns, and there are a large number of examples on Long Island where that's happening. Whether it be Farmingdale, Rockville Center. Patchogue, Sayville, Huntington, you can go Bayshore, uh, you can go on and on. Most of those examples, though, the new places are restaurants. As I don't remember if it was on air we discussed before, but uh, most of the places you just mentioned, all of the new businesses are restaurants, and they're happy to have them, uh, but it's not the traditional retail. In Port Washington, find it hard to find clothes for me. Um, Target just opened, so that made it a little bit easier. But before that, it's been 10 years, I think, I think since there's been a men's clothing store. So, uh, you know, a lot of service businesses, a lot of restaurants, which are good, but it's not a well-rounded business district like it used to be. Well, it's true. There have been a lot of changes, as we discussed, as uh, retail has morphed into more service, more restaurants. Bo- boutique 
stores, more boutique. Yes. You know, you feel that what you can buy in, in the big boxes, the Macy's, the JCPenney's, you can buy online. Now, there are certain retailers that are exclusive uh, that do like the downtown villages because people would rather – the people that do want to touch and feel – and there is still a generation that touches and feels and buys uh, – would rather shop local, I think, in the local villages and, and uh, you know, surrounding areas. Do you see a, a shift uh, of the residents uh, shopping more coming back to the downtown Port Washington? No, uh, only because mainly because of the parking issue. Uh, right. There, you got to get there early. Well, for you know the street meters, they're every every couple hours, so there's theoretically there's turnover. Right. But if if someone's going to run out and con- constantly feed the meter, that doesn't happen. So, some, I mean, you know, but again, most of the new storefronts that open are not physical retail; they're service. Right. How vital is the Landmark Theater to your downtown? Very much so. Um, it, it's it's an incredible place to see local music, uh, local discussion. Uh, they have a, a large a body of free uh, discussion groups in the in the afternoons, and it brings in uh, pe- brings people into town, which is what any business community needs. So you don't have to de- depend all on local. It it feeds the restaurants in the area, uh, which is good. Uh, I'm actually a volunteer bartender at, at all the landmark shows, so I get to meet uh, the people coming in. I think you may have served me a drink. I was there for the Long Island Film Festival. It's entirely you look, possible. You look a little familiar. It's entirely <laughs> possible. But you can see that those um, those converted movie theaters or old theaters are really vital uh, to the success of the downtown's whether it be Bayshore or um, uh, Babylon has one. Westbury just opened Huntington. one. Huntington. Huntington has one. Um, Garden City does not, but boy, you'd be ripe for something like that. Well, maybe we'll have to, as a commercial real estate broker, I'll have to find a location for somebody and offer it up. That's what I'll do. Uh, you keep that in mind. Gentlemen, uh, before we wrap things up, I just wanted to take a minute to give you both a shameless plug. Um, you're both hardworking individuals. Um, tell me a little bit about um, your business. Uh, Mitch, you're, like I said, since 1981, Millennium Software. Please tell us a little bit about the listeners so they can learn about your company. Basically, we do IT support, computer support for small business. We become the IT department for any business too small to have one. We help you purchase equipment, set up equipment, network, uh, security, virus protection, disaster recovery. Uh, We make it easy to work remotely if that's something uh, you need to do. I specialize in getting people online from their hammock. Uh, If if, if any any technology need, you come to us, and if we can't do it, uh, we know who can. Do you find that being president of the chamber um, puts you at an advantage in terms of, you know, look, chamber members like to support chamber members. I mean, that's the mantra, right? Members supporting members. I've, I've thought Does about that. You? I've thought about that recently, and I've never really uh, marketed directly to chamber members. All, all my business has always been word of mouth, and I've never been aggressive uh, because I'm not sure that's fair. Uh, being president of the chamber, and we have other support businesses in the chamber, and I, I wouldn't like to take it. I wouldn't want to take advantage. Well, that's very. I, I've gotten I've gotten one call over the year that someone called the chamber for a recommendation. 
and uh, right. my executive director gave them me. But I'm sure at the meetings when you stand up and you say, uh, my name is Mitch, I'm the president, and, you know, people then figure out what you do for a living, they right? Do. So and, it's good. And some call. Okay. So, Nothing, there's, but, a, there's no shame in that. I mean, anyway, Michael, how about you? You're involved in commercial real estate. We just you just announced to uh, to the listening audience that you're going to put a theater in uh, Garden City. Thank you, you for that. That's correct. <laughs> I I always uh, tagline comes down to that space doesn't have to be the final frontier. Uh, I deal with space for people, <laughs> whether it's uh, looking for space, upsizing in space, downsizing in space. Uh, Windsor Commercial Real Estate is a commercial real estate broker handling all uh, commercial needs on Long Island in through the boroughs. We'll even travel out of state. We're a boutique, a uh, small boutique company. And being in the village of Garden City, being one of the office hubs, uh, whereas Melville, Woodbury, you know, Lake Success, uh, it, it does help uh, being involved in the chamber. Not necessarily do I have to promote myself as the president of the chamber, but as you do say, chamber uh, members like to deal with other chamber members, kind of why they're doing the same thing. And in uh, promoting uh, networking that we do throughout the, throughout, uh, the village and through, cha- through the chamber, um, it does work for business for me. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's been good. And we'll see if we get that theater put in someplace real soon. <laughs> All right. Special thanks to my guest today, Mitch Schwartz, president of the Port Washington Chamber of Commerce, and Michael Ventre, president of the Garden City Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. As a reminder, you can also listen to this program as a podcast by visiting WCWP.org forward slash chamber chatter chamber chatter is underwritten by map tunes long island chamber maps my name is mark snyder special thanks to my engineer ryan collins coming up next stick around for project independence and you thanks for listening <laughs>